0: Elise, welcome to The Breakdown Podcast. Um, I'm here with my other hosts, Brock and Josh. Uh, We're all pastors here at Hope. How are you guys doing on this humid, icky day?
1: Great. Super great. You call it a humid, icky day? Yeah, it's humid and icky outside. That's. Those aren't the terms I would use probably to describe it. It's the, the term. scientific. He's lying. Term. I've
0: heard him say "icky" out loud. Yeah, probably right so. before this.
1: It's good to be back with you guys. We, I was gone, and, and you guys did a great job. We
0: kind of missed you.
1: Yeah, I know. I could I could tell. There's a lot of hurt coming through the <laughs> through <laughs> the voice. The, the voices felt a little can I say verklempt? It was like uh-huh. we
0: cried before we came on. Yeah, it felt like it. <laughs> Welcome back. Well, uh, we're glad to have brought back the trio is back together again. Um, but here, what we do on this podcast is we take a bite-sized portion of the weekend teaching at Hope Fellowship and we break it down. Um, we want you to really like leave this and be like, I learned something new, um, but also just be in awe of God's Word and, and amazed by it because it's so cool when we kind of dig into it and learn more about it. So, um, This past weekend, John closed up a series called Fractured Faith. I've heard so many good things about Fractured Faith. Like People Mm -hmm. are loving this series. It's over now, so go watch the old ones if you um, missed any of them. They're only two weeks. Um, But what he talked about was the prodigal son story and um, how our response to someone who has walked away, we are to be people of reconstruction. And so he was kind of referencing back to people that are dealing with deconstruction, walking away from their faith, uh, kind of tearing all that down, and we are to be people that are people of reconstruction. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where he left off. Where are we going today, though, in response to that?
2: Yeah, well, those of us who would say we're in Christ, we've been given this pretty incredible message uh, of Jesus Christ, and so we get to be a part of that. We get to Mm -hmm. be a part of that reconstruction, sharing that uh, good news with people, um, displaying it through our lives, and it's also just really helpful uh, to understand it, to understand the aspects of it. What is the good news? What is that message? And so really exciting uh, couple of verses here that, that really encapsulate it uh, really, really well. And so this is by the Apostle Paul. Uh, we're gonna read in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. So beginning in verse 21, let's read that. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ.
0: I love that. That's so good. Every time that I read that, Verse 21, I'm like, yes, awesome. that's it, that's it. Um, but a little background about um, this particular letter. It's Second Corinthians. So um, so
1: why is it called Second Corinthians, Mary? Because
0: it is the second letter oh. from Paul to the Corinthian church, which he actually planted. And I want to hit really quick just on a little bit of history between this uh, Paul and this church, because there's a little bit there that's going to help us understand this. Uh, but he wrote his first letter, and it was kind of this corrective letter, kind of like the, the kind of... Um, letter you don't want to get from your mom, you know, or a text you don't want to get from your mom kind of thing, um, where he corrected them. And they didn't really receive it well. Quite a few of them, it was kind of this issue, this problem going on, um, how they responded to it. And so, Um, we know that Paul did end up visiting them and he kind of considered that like this painful visit that he had with them. And this is the letter after that where he's really kind of smoothing everything out saying, hey, like, let's settle this. Let's reconcile together and and let's like move forward. And this is kind of the verses we're finding is kind of in that first seven chapters of kind of like, hey, like I love you and I'm I'm reassuring you that I like we are together in this and this is who we are and so yeah. um, but so much of it is this kind of message of reconciliation not just with each other but in other ways too that we're going to talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. Can I share something really geeky with oh, you? Oh yes. So Please. my undergraduate degree, you ready for my undergraduate degree, it is New Testament Biblical Literature mm. with an emphasis in the Pauline Epistles. Pauline. So Paul so they called it Pauline, if you're studying the Pauline writings. And so I studied a lot in 1 Corinthians, and that church was, uh, well, let's just say they were uh, struggling just a tad. <laughs> struggling. Yeah. The struggle <laughs> bus. Yeah. They, so so we're looking at 2 Corinthians, the second letter, chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. So yep. would, would it would be all right if we jumped up a couple verses just for, for context here a little bit. And so in verse 18, uh, Paul is saying, uh, we were brought back to Christ and— um, he, we were reconciled basically to him. Now he's asked us to go and reconcile to others. Um, and so the, the term reconciliation, can we, can we camp there a little bit? Yes. Because yes. this is a multi-nuanced word. Can we glamp instead? No, this is camp. Okay. No glamping. <laughs> we're, so, not glamping. Yeah, we're not glamping. We're, we're glamp. too yeah. cool for that. So <laughs> we're going to just start throwing out some ideas. So sometimes in Scripture, if you read a word, like it has a context in a particular setting. Yeah. And then if you use it in a different context, it may not mean the same thing. But reconcile has this massive glamping, camping view <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. So here are some terms. Are you ready for a, We'll just start rattling. Yeah. Ready? Okay. So reconciling means you're justified. Mm-hmm. And so one of the geeky ways from mm-hmm. my New Testament biblical literature days is to think when justified, you're, it's just as if I've never sinned. Yeah. So you're justified. So your sins are wiped away. Uh, there's an idea in reconciliation that all hostility between you and God has mm-hmm. been destroyed. And that the hostility is not God's mad at us, but it's because of the sin.
0: The sin in our lives. The sin in our yeah. lives. Separates us. We're huh?
2: restored to right relationship with God. This is all unreconciled.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's Which, so many layers.
2: And each one that you've mentioned so far that is also uh, addressing this implicit uh, separation in the first place. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's
1: we're created new. And so mm-hmm. we have this new beginning. So you think about baptism when you come back out of the water. You're this new creation yeah. in Christ.
0: Which is huge because in this context, he talks about that. few verses that what's old, old is gone and, you know, yeah. you're a new creation. A new creation, mm-hmm. That's yeah. literally in this whole piece Yeah, so here. all this
1: is going on is in, in in the mind of someone that really understands is what Jesus talked about reconciliation. Yeah. And Paul's teaching about it. Our sins are not counted against us. Mm. Um and the other thing that's beautiful about if you really look at good biblical reconciliation theology, mm-hmm. that's fun to say is that God is the one that initiates or yeah. starts the whole process. Mm-hmm. so he starts pursues us. God is the one that sustains this process once it's initiated mm-hmm. and God is the one that brings it to completion. Mm. so there's a lot of emphasis there on God yeah who who is not being emphasized there right. Brought or Mary. <laughs> we did yeah. the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, the so a lot of times when I was growing up, when I would hear Christian teaching, I would always think, oh, I need to do more. Oh, I need to be doing this. It's like so
0: automatic. I, we don't even have to try to do that. We automatically are so egocentric, like thinking, oh, n- me. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And so, but then, so I'd feel guilty when I couldn't do things or I'd fail. Yeah. and. There's kind of a couple branches when you talk about how to apply theology. One of them gets really lost in all the human emphasis. Mm -hmm. And one of the branches kind of goes on this idea of God emphasis and the sovereignty of God. And as I read this, I get the sovereignty piece. Yeah, God's the one that's reconciling. God's the one doing all the work, and so we're just kind of receivers. We respond. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It's kind of receive. I feel like receive is even better than respond. It's that kind of receive and respond. I think the respond comes naturally when we receive it. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. kind of an overflow of that for sure. Yeah.
1: So all those things we just mentioned. uh, Do we have any others that we want to mention?
2: (laughs) I I saw a cool word come up: uh, mediator, which paints a really neat kind of shade over it. Of that, Mm -hmm. Uh, because typically when we think of mediation, uh, it's like maybe two equal parties, one has been wronged, the other was the one that maybe committed some kind of crime. And then the there's like a third party, uh, indifferent, uh, maybe even impersonal kind of mediator. And yet here we're seeing that not only is God the one who's been wronged, he's also the one mediating, you know, he's also the one uh, extending uh, the forgiveness and then grace, which is pretty neat. We'll read more about that in a bit. So he's the, the one that's been offended.
0: Yeah, he's
1: also the mediator and, and also th- the one that says, "Okay, yeah. just I'll, I'll suffer so that you can be let go, yeah let go." Of that's this so crime. amazing. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: And
1: so one of the things here that's interesting is if you ever have to study Greek, and I and I pray that you don't, is <laughs> it's just like English. There's there's tenses, and so the aorist yeah. tense is the past tense. Yeah, and so that's what's used here. It's the aorist tent. So it's this idea of this is not something in the future. This is something that's already done through the work of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, it so is finished. It's in yeah, the past. It is finished. Yeah, yeah We finished. talked about four already reconciled. Yeah. And so it's a present reality. And so yeah. as we listen to this and thinking about what Jesus did for us as the current readers, not back in the Corinthian days, but we mm-hmm. realize, and they did it too in the Corinthian days, that Jesus, this is already done. You're already reconciled yeah. to God. And so it takes a lot of the pressure off um, and so, but the other thing is too, is you've been reconciled. Now you have the ministry of to, reconciliation. Yeah,
0: To reconcile. It actually reminds me, I don't, I don't want to catch you guys off guard a little bit, but maybe that's good for you. Curveball.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but it reminds me of this story of the man, um, and I don't know the specific reference um, off the top of my head, but where he uh, had this huge debt, right? He had this huge debt he could never, ever, ever pay. (laughs) And the, the king was like, hey, I clear it. And then that guy goes to someone who has so much lesser of a debt and owes him and it's like, you owe me. It's almost like that. It reminds me of that because it's like, what it looks like to live reconciled knowing I'm reconciled to God and I am reconciled to people so I'm not going to hold he's not holding a debt against me I'm not going to hold a debt against someone else
1: yeah Matthew 18 you got it I, I believe oh, is, the, that is, is the reference that's
0: what Bible college will do for. Uh, Actually, well, not well, my, my Bible college apparently but I whispered
1: it to him yeah yeah, <laughs> <I remember> so, <laughs> yeah, and it is offensive to call uh, a university accredited experience a Bible college oh yeah that's right
0: that's right um, so, I did so, learn that and ooh. here
2: I am yeah,
1: just, just get a little snobby there for a little shots sorry. fired uh, but so when you think about the ministry of reconciliation, we're still we're still teeing up verses 20 and 21, yeah. is really the ministry of reconciliation, according to what we see from this, is really just proclaiming what God has done. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about all these things, just going back to what we just defined reconciliation as. Now it's just telling other people that's available to them. That's the ministry yeah. of reconciliation. Uh, there's a quote that is often given to St. Francis. Uh, and I don't know if he actually said this or not. But <laughs> it's a good start. It is a good start. <laughs> but everybody, everybody says St. Francis said this. Yeah, I'm going to do that sure. to
0: you and I quote you later. <laughs> yeah, thank you.
1: Uh, but St. Francis said, in all you do, be a witness for Christ. So be that ambassador, telling people about this. But the funny thing, St. Francis puts a little twist on the end. He says, and if necessary, use words. Hmm. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. And so St. Francis is, is, there's a call there. For us to continue to be ambassadors by our lives. But I think sometimes people might hear that and cop out and say, oh, I don't have to say anything to people. But like we're mm-hmm. still telling people and, and, and ensuring people here's what Jesus did and put the emphasis back on God and not what we have to do. So yeah. thoughts yeah. on that? Is that way off or what do you think?
2: I thought I saw that in a Mardell's on a coffee mug. Are you sure that's St. Francis?
1: <laughs> Anything <laughs> in Christianity that's a good quote will end up on a coffee mug or uh, a coin someday. So <laughs> coin, yeah, okay. you know you've or arrived.
0: the things for your fridge, the yeah, magnets. <laughs> yeah,
1: if you, if you have a quote on a magnet, that's pretty much the sign that you've arrived in Christianity. You made it. The
2: only, so seriously, the, my kind of re- thinking through that, my response to that is, uh, it's it's like second nature for us to talk about, to tell people about the things that we love. So grandparents love talking about their grandkids. If there's a book we're super into or a TV show that we are like captivated by, I mean, we can't help but talk about it, right? And so there is, um, for those that uh, love Christ, who are compelled by him, which is another thing that Paul talks about earlier on in this chapter, um, I think that, it's a pretty healthy balance of telling people and about Jesus and showing them his love through our lives. Uh, that is how the Lord uh, is going to utilize us mostly to draw the people to him. Yeah. yeah. So Mary, you've talked before about prescriptive versus descriptive. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you
1: mind explaining that again? Yeah. And for I, all of us? I
0: find that I never realized how much we kind of run into that in scripture where we almost automatically think this is a prescriptive thing. They're prescriptive. Like this verse is prescribing me to do something kind of if you were get a prescription for um, being sick or something like that. And so we read it and we almost always think, oh, I got to go do this, kind of like you're saying. But this is really descriptive. And when he says, so we are ambassadors— and talking about us being ambassadors. Am I getting too ahead here? No, you're perfectly. Okay, cool.
1: That's why I wanted a lead because I thought there's a lead to the next point. I was leading you right in there.
0: (laughs) But it says, so we are ambassadors. And and what it's not saying is you should be. It's not prescriptive. You should be an ambassador. It's saying you are an ambassador. Mm -hmm. So that's a descriptive thing, not a prescriptive thing. So he's not saying go do that. Pressure's on, you know, it's saying, hey, this is who you are as a Christ follower, uh, ambassador.
1: Yeah, and like Josh was saying, that this is something that's in your heart. You're going to naturally uh, yeah. want to live this thing out and share it a little bit. But it's not a shaming thing that you have to go to this thing. Right. It's yeah. just kind of uh, who you are. So verse 20, we'll read it again since we've been rambling for a little while here. It says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And so be ambassadors and an ambassador is like an official representative yeah. of something like the country. Like, I, I'd love Speaking to be for, an ambassador yeah. someday. That'd be kind of cool of, of the United States. You'd be a great ambassador. Yeah. I, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. But think about all the ambassadors throughout the old Testament. You had mm-hmm. the angels, they were mm-hmm. official representatives. Mm-hmm. You had the prophets and then you had some guy that came along and seemed was kind of a big deal. Jesus. And then now you're being called, hey, now you're next in line. Mm. Yeah, wow. You be the ambassador. We've got angels, prophets, Jesus. Now it's you yeah. that's got this responsibility. And so it's like this, God is now, you're the one who God is making his appeal through. Mm. Yeah. And so I think that looks like, like the St. Francis possible quote, <laughs> living your life in a way that honors Christ. <laughs> but I think it also means that we understand what the message of reconciliation is and understanding what, as we defined all those different things of what reconciliation is, that we're able mm-hmm. to articulate that and share and take a lot of the emphasis off of us and put it on, look how great Jesus is. Look how great yeah. God is. And so we're really ready to share that message with others. So um, anything else on verse 20 before I jump into 21? You guys on that one, I didn't, don't mean to put you on the spot. But.
2: I know we're talking about, uh, we've mentioned shame and kind of taking the pressure off as ambassadors. And I did find this other um, note about, so in this time, this kind of Greek and Roman, you know, talking to like the Jews and things like that, uh, as they were talking about, as they were kind of comprehending ambassadors, it was really interesting, the flip side to what we're talking about too, is that anyone who would reject the representation of somebody else. So anyone who would reject an ambassador uh, was yeah. rejecting the one who sent him. Yeah, And so I think mm. that's also very encouraging because if you're going to go out there and be an ambassador for Christ, you're going to be rejected.
1: Very mm. much a big part of Scripture.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, th- I really do think that's another uh, encouraging um, piece that removes some of that maybe intimidation or whatever is not only knowing you're going to be rejected, but you're not the one being rejected. They're rejecting the one who sent you.
1: So f- for some reason, the ambassador to Uzbekistan— came, we would really be rejecting Uzbekistan, exactly. not the person that was Interesting representing. Interesting choice. Well, I wanted to go with one of my favorite country names.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. All right. So, in verse 21, it says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. I have just read a summary of the entire Bible. I love it. Of the entire yeah. gospel yep. right there. Yep. One of the things that I learned in my years of New Testament biblical literature is this idea <laughs> of the Great Exchange, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so this is really that, a, a beautiful piece of that: that we come to Jesus with all of our sins and all of our mess, and we give that to Him, and in exchange we get back forgiveness. Mm-hmm reconciliation, righteousness, healing. And that's the great exchange that we give a bunch of junk to someone and get back the greatest treasure in the world. And so really that's what this verse is saying. Here's the great exchange. Well, Uh, even
0: when I was uh, searching into and looking into reconciliation, the word, um, what you find that Greek word is saying is to exchange. And we talked about all the nuances and and how big it can be and how many layers it can have. But like to its core, it's that to exchange. And so I think that that's cool how it kind of like um, kind of finds its full circle here a little bit of that, you know, because the exchange it. Didn't you
1: find some monetary yeah, idea it with Yeah, talked
0: about coins and the exchange of coins. So, like, he's talking kind of this relational, you know, um, kind of coming together, but it's settling accounts. Like that coin, like, hey, a debt is owed kind of thing. Kind of like how I was mentioning the other reference there. But, um, yeah, so it's like coins and kind of evening things out and settling things
1: so yeah, kind of like the guy you mentioned that had the great debt forgiven. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you go in, here's your here's your, your account and uh, Josh Morgan owes $10,000 in sins. And Jesus says, all right, Josh, I'll take that $10,000 and I'll pay that for you, but I'm gonna give you a million bucks back yeah. and so you can yeah. have a good life. It's an uneven
0: exchange, that, which that, is why I think it's yeah. kind of weird to hear, oh, it's exchange of coins, what? Like it, that kind of confused me when I was reading it. And so I think like knowing, cause it's like, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's so not an even exchange. So maybe change it from
1: the great exchange to the great uneven exchange. Yes,
0: it sounds better. Yeah. Just kidding.
1: You're, Jesus, here's some garbage. Can I get back treasure? Okay,
0: <laughs> that's, that's it. The,
1: that's the gospel. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And so Mary, uh, not to put you on the spot one more time, but Mary's a great Googler. I don't yeah. know if there's a lot of Googlers out mm. there, but Mary's a good Googler, and you found a video that we should probably watch. A Do, YouTube.
2: Yes. Do you Google directly?
0: I actually don't Google. Oh. I actually just go straight to Bible Project. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I don't so even, yeah. I don't mess around with we're, the Google anymore. We're a little, I don't have we're,
2: to. We're some fans <laughs> of the
0: Bible Project here. Yeah, so, so we are, and I just want to take like a second to just in, encourage some of you guys out there that you know maybe you hear some of the words we're using that you're like, I don't use that in regular language, and you love this because you're learning something new, um, but something that is is so great is uh, after the 1500s, this Bible became accessible to us. And um, so if you're intimidated by it, you feel like, oh, that's too big. I don't understand it or I don't get it. There are resources out there. And Bible Project really is, not to do a major Bible Project plug, but it is so easy to understand. And it is a really good resource. And it's free. And it's free. And mm-hmm. so I almost always start there when I'm studying. Is I'll go and watch their different ones that they have. But I love the ones on themes. And there's one on sacrifice and atonement. So something that you see here and you see all over the New Testament. And it's so helpful to understand is this sacrifice and atonement because back um, before the New Testament, and I guess not technically before the New Testament, but before this new sacrifice came in Jesus, um, people were sacrificing animals to cover their sin. So instead of um, having to sacrifice a lamb for their sin and they would have to do it over and over and over again. Um, now is Jesus in that place. And so that is such a small like summary of that. But we actually have a video on Bible Project that will link to this. And it talks about that. It goes more in depth and like, okay, why, why does that need to happen and all of that? And so I highly recommend checking that out. But you see that in this because that animal was becoming sin for them.
1: So if you just Google Bible Project atonement, you'll find it because I'm I guess yeah, I'm the big Googler here. Googly, <laughs> Google Great googly moogly.
0: Google it or look in the description and yeah. it'll be there directly for it you. Will be.
2: Fancy. I want to piggyback off of that uh, because… There's this neat thing uh, happening in verse 21 here where it talks about Christ becoming sin. And uh, Paul, if you don't know this, has written several of the letters that are in the New Testament. One of them is called Galatians. Uh, he has this reference to what's happening here in that letter as well. First, all, I want to just read a real quick snippet from Deuteronomy uh, 21, so verses it's 21 and 23. I'm just going to read a little bit of them, but listen to this. This is just kind of one of the, the, it's called regulations in Deuteronomy, but it says, if someone has committed a crime worthy of death and is executed and hung on a tree, so it's painting this picture for the type of crime and the, and the type of punishment deserved from that. Anyone who's hung on a tree is cursed in the sight of God. So specifically, anyone who's hung on a tree is cursed in the sight of God. So then in Galatians, this is what Paul Paul referencing back to this verse in Deuteronomy. He says, when Christ was hung on the, the cross, he took upon himself the curse for a wrongdoing. For it's written in the scriptures, curses everyone who's hung on a tree. And then here in this passage, uh, we now can understand a little bit more of what it means when it says that Christ became that curse. He literally became our sin Mm -hmm. and then was punished for uh, our crime and died the death that we deserve. That's pretty significant.
1: Think about this idea of a reconciled. Let's go back and just talk about one more. You're justified just as if you never sinned.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: The end of the hostility between you and God is broken. Your sins are forgiven. You're restored. You are created new. Your sins are not counted against you. God initiated it. God sustains and God brings to completion. The emphasis here again on God, yeah. and that's yeah. what we're talking about when yep. Jesus is saying, here's this ministry it's of reconciliation, so that's what's happened to you. Now, be an ambassador, representative, and go make sure other people hear that same story.
0: Yeah, that's it, that's it in a nutshell, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah.
1: But I, I do have, since I'm back, I'm gone for a week. So Mary, I heard you had a different term for it last perplexed. week. perplexed. <laughs> you were perplexed. I don't
0: get conundrums, I just get perplexed. I'm okay. like, why?
1: Yeah, so I have a conundrum. So it's, it, Let's hear it. the idea about being an ambassador, like angels, prophets, now you, is a little intimidating
0: to Yeah, me. even when you were saying it, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I automatically felt like, wow.
1: And so so my conundrum is that I think some people hear that and they go, oh, I'm out. I'm not going to be a good representative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but that bothers me because really, we do put too much emphasis on humanity sometimes. And really we're putting all the emphasis back on Jesus here and saying, mm-hmm. know what Jesus did. Hear that definition of reconciliation one more time. Just know that. And then we go out and make sure other people hear that story. So again, all the emphasis is on God. Yeah. And even if we don't present it perfectly, still the emphasis is on God. And then I think sometimes there's this pressure to be perfect as a human being in the way we live,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or I'm going to disqualify myself as an ambassador for Christ. But really, if we're not perfect, that's probably a better representation. Mm. <laughs> this is why I need all that stuff. This is why I need the reconciliation. So if you're not perfect, it kind of helps make the point. Yeah. And the emphasis here in reconciliation from the beginning has not been on the human. It's been on God. Right. So that part we can do. Just say, here's what God did, here's what it means to me.
0: Yeah, so many of us, like... We feel like we have to be perfect to be Christians. Like I hear all we. This is an insider on pastors. You guys, when we don't like telling people we're pastors because people feel they have to be perfect around us or act a certain way, and it's all because of this like distorted view of like I have to be right and perfect. This says that that's what he is. What makes us right? <laughs> Him getting in our place. That's what makes us right.
2: Yeah. And, and so yeah, it's a there's a real subtle difference when we understand, I'll use the word grace, when we understand that that gift that's been given to us, there's a real subtle difference that would one lead to uh, receiving that, appreciating that, letting the fruit of that, you know, bear more fruit in our lives versus maybe misunderstanding it, taking advantage of it. Uh, So Paul in Romans refers to that as like, let us sin so that grace may abound. Um, That would be a misunderstanding of grace. Oh, I'm covered by grace. It doesn't matter how I live. Let's go have a good time. Let's go, let's go, (laughs) let's go uh, like, you know, make the best of this grace kind of mindset or whatever (laughs) versus this idea of that grace taking root and then yeah. producing the fruit of grace in my life. And all I want to do is like spend, uh, like uh, uh, multiply it. Yeah. I want to share it with other people. That's good. There's this great quote from Dallas Willard that that really helped, me, kind of help me even understand that more. Uh, wait, wait, he, wait!
1: I thought Mary was the quote person on our podcast. <laughs> Mary's <laughs> always pushing quotes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. What's okay? All right, Josh, you're, you're the quote guy for today. Okay, yeah. for today. This I'll, is a good. quote. I'll take, take it. it. This away. is a good quote.
2: No, and this is this is, and it's interesting because he's even uh, if you read around this, he's referencing Mother Teresa a little bit, and and so you have this pretty like extreme example of of like living out this mission of grace, right? And so he says, The greatest saints are not those who need less grace, but those who consume the most grace. Who indeed are most in need of grace? Those who are saturated by grace in every dimension of their being. Grace to them is like breathing.
0: Hmm. Mm, I love that.
2: So I could be a saint then, according to that quote. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the thing is, is as you as you go out and you ambassador, if we're going to use it as a verb, okay, you you quickly realize I need more grace to do this.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to miss out on the quote thing, so I'm going to go ahead and oh, throw no. in my I, own quote. I as thought we this is one quote. Uh this is a quote from a normal human being, not uh, a, not a Mother Teresa. But no, he quoted
1: um,
2: Dallas Willard, not Mother Teresa. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm Thank sorry, you. but the yeah.
0: I got so caught was up. Was she in Dallas
2: the... Willard's mother? <laughs> I'm so confused.
0: Now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just. anyways okay uh, my quote is uh, something that a pastor always used to say was we give much grace because we need much grace and I love that and so I'm going to leave my quote with you guys (laughs) I'm going to exclamation point my quote but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this and I hope that you leave us feeling like pressure's off like God's grace is so good and what he did for us is so good and we can live in response to that without any pressure and um, see you know God's grace impact people's lives, and it's not because we worked really hard or were impressive. And so, um, I hope that encouraged you guys today. We will be back here for our next episode of the breakdown next week, so make sure to join us. And again, fractured faith. This is a response to fractured faith, uh, part two. So, if you missed those, go check them out. We're starting a new series this weekend at Hope, so we hope to see you there. Or um, not see you and you can virtually join online. Shameless plug. Um, thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Breakdown. You know, it's our hope that you've learned something new about God's Word for the sake of knowing God and taking one step in your journey to the center of God's purpose for your life. If you're wanting to keep the discovering going, which we hope you are, you can check out past episodes at hopefellowship.net slash podcasts or by searching The Breakdown on Spotify or any other streaming platform. And don't forget, please leave us a review. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Breakdown.